It's pretty obvious that the Louisville football program has had a successful spring via the transfer portal. They have been a trendy selection to do some damage in the ACC. Well, now we're starting to see them on some preseason top 25 lists. We'll talk about whether or not the Cardinals are a top 25 team heading into the fall and more on today's episode of the show. Stay tuned. You are locked on Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Different format, familiar guest, Grant Mulligan, uh, football analyst of the state of Louisville.com is back after a couple weeks not on the show. How dare you, Grant, for not being on the show for quite some time? How are you doing, man? How dare I? A new setting, new yeah. house. Been you, been a very busy last two weeks. Man. Grant been, has been leveling be up. You know who I'm also has been to. leveling up? The Louisville football program. That Over the have. past couple months, they had a very successful spring. Well, now – Granted, this is pretty weird, but um, On3, a writer for On3, has pinned Louisville as a top 25 team heading into the fall. We'll talk about whether or not we see Louisville as a top 25 team. We'll also talk about for the team to be a top 25 team, what we need to see offensively and thus defensively in the respective second and third segments. Grant, um, to get us started, I want to read you off a ranking from... I think this is how you pronounce it. I don't want to butcher it. Jesse Resimenton. Um, he is a national college football columnist for On3 Sports. He released a top 25 back on May 22nd. Granted, you must understand this is just one writer, but with the trendy um, approach of viewing Louisville in a sort of a dark horse role, now you've got some people looking at them at a different light from a from a national perspective, at 25, do you think that that's too high for Louisville with Jeff Brom not even coached a single game as head coach of the Cards? My thought process of this is that I would not be surprised at all to see Louisville be a top 25 team at the end of the season. Uh, having them as a top 25 team in the preseason, it tracks with the roster building that the staff has done just in terms of on paper talent and where this roster is compared to where it was. But I feel like in order to start getting that, that preseason recognition, like you said, I, I feel like I need to see it in action with a coaching change. Now, granted most see it as a coaching upgrade, myself included, and, and a significant influx of talent, both in the 2023 recruiting class and in the transfer portal, but I need to see how it all plays together. I, like I said, I am not going to be surprised at all to see Louisville as a top twenty-five team by the end of the by the end of the year. And not the—I I don't mean to be a, a, a hater on the hometown team, but I—I'd be a little slow to to put them already on my my preseason top twenty-five. But I I do it's understand. A hater, it's not being a hater whatsoever. You know, there is a very fine line between realistically being optimistic and sunshine pumping. Just like there is a fine line between having a sort of lackluster 
expectation and being a Debbie Downer. I think it's it works on both ends, right? Um, so, I mean, I am perfectly fine with suggesting that Louisville is a dark horse in the ACC. I am not fine saying that they are right in contention to be in the ACC championship. I'm perfectly fine suggesting that, you know, they have some guys on this team that could be, um, you know, high draft picks, all ACC level players. I'm not fine suggesting that they will be. Same style of thinking applies here. I'm okay calling Louisville a dark horse. But it's when you start to put these – I understand the expectations are already through the roof. I get it. But for me, for some reason, I, I understand and respect it, but I'm not comfortable putting them at 25 yet because, well, if this was like year two of Jeff Brom, oh, sure. Year one, sometimes you just never know. Right. And I think that if you're going to put them anywhere in the top 25, I'm glad that you know I didn't get too lofty and put a swell within put the, it, the put top us at 15. But <laughs> yeah, no, no games played under Brown. Completely new team, new starters everywhere. 15. But I think there's definitely a case to be made. The expectation, not just amongst our fan base, but amongst the national media as well, is that Louisville, uh, given the schedule and and given you know, what what we look like on paper, there's absolutely reason to be hyped for it. But sure. I'm I'm I wanna see what happens what happens on the field first. I'm gonna I'm gonna read off this top twenty five to you. Not like in order, but I wanna read the the pretty notable selections. The ACC teams in the bunch. There are four of them. Can't tell you the last time well honestly it's probably sooner than we realize when the last time the ACC's had four teams in the top twenty five, but Nonetheless, Florida State at 8, Clemson at 11, North Carolina at 19, Louisville at 25. Obviously, the notable um, program that's not on here is Kentucky. Are you okay going into 2023 knowing that Louisville just now last year became competitive with Kentucky Kentucky, I don't think, is going to be the greatest team out there, but they're also not going to be a team that you know, isn't bowl eligible. Are you okay with how well Kentucky has handled Louisville over the past couple of years with the Cardinals being ranked over them to start the season? Um, now, granted, if they're not in the top 25, they're not ranked, but viewed in that regard, do you view Louisville? I guess the question is, Grant, to make a long story long because this hasn't been short, is Louisville a better team than Kentucky right away in 2023? That remains to be seen. As much as oh, I want to say that, Grant, you have minutes. Do you think week one, if week Louisville one. and Kentucky were to play immediately, are you comfortable suggesting that Louisville is better than Kentucky right away, considering the coaching change, considering the moving parts? Because People say, well, it's not the end of the season. Yeah, but we're talking week one rankings here. Is Louisville a better team than Kentucky week one? It's okay. I'm going to I'm gonna go say, ahead and say yes. Say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come ooh, off with some, some very, okay. Okay. very hot here. It. And that's, that's my, my red blood kicking in over, over the blue. There's, I'm, we'll, I'll be the first to admit that there'd be some bias. But I want to point out that just as much roster turnover as we have, they've they have had a significant yet. amount of roster turnover. I'm not saying Kentucky is this great team. I just, I'm right. just, 
I'm just asking a question. You know, there's this whole, well, Kentucky has beaten Louisville by 726 points in the combined four seasons, and we're the greatest yeah. program to ever step foot in the history of the SEC. No, I'm just playing. But uh, it, I'm obviously being um, a little bit far-fetched. But you understand that people use this whole narrative that Kentucky has handled Louisville, so they're obviously the better team. I don't necessarily disagree. This year's a little bit different, however, right. and I think that that's the main question. But if Louisville was not a top 25 team, in your opinion, let's say you don't see that this way, which I, I think you and I are pretty much on the same page. Where does Louisville sit? Are they top 40? Are they top 30? Are they right outside? Are they top 40? Are they top 50? Where is Louisville, in your opinion? In my opinion, I would say if I was guessing purely off preseason, not where I think they're going to finish, but based off realistic, well, with realistic expectations, given what they'd achieved recently and, and giving a little growing room for a new staff and a lot of new pieces, I'm going to set them inside the top 40. I'm going to say mid to low 30 range. I think that there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of excitement. Right. The schedule is favorable for us to win a lot of games very true. and do very well in conference. But I am not – I personally wouldn't call them a top 25 team in the preseason poll. There's just too many unknowns. There's too many new moving parts. There's way too much projection that you have to do. Because if, if we're going solely off of pr- projection – then abs- you can absolutely project us to be a top 25 team. I mean, I mean you can you, project a lot of schools to be a top 25 you team. You could, right but it also fits in line that if you're saying that right. Louisville's going to be in the 9-10 win conversation, if you're winning 9-10 games, you are 1,000% unless you're a mid-major, you are in the top 25. Agreed. 9-3, I mean, you could be Alabama, be 6-6 six and six and be number 19, but that's a story for a different day. Um, I'm just being, I'm being really unfair to the SEC right now, am I not? Regardless, okay. I, I think nine and three in the ACC is definitely getting you in the top twenty-five. But let's let's take a little bit of a further look. I want to talk about for Louisville to get to a top twenty-five ranking and stay there. You know, offensively and defensively, we'll talk about Louisville's explosive offensive scheme and some of the key pieces that they have for next season. We'll do that here in just a second after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing. There's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers are getting a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to one grand back in bonus bets if that first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to join today. A great app, uh, a safe service, immediate withdrawals and deposits, a lot of great features with FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. FanDuel is the official sports partner of the MLB. So heading on into the second segment of the show, Grant Mulligan, my good friend, good friend of the show, soon to be, well, actually pretty much already regular co-host. He will be, like I mentioned, when the season starts, um, probably a couple weeks before, uh, he will be a weekly guest on the show to talk Louisville football, football recruiting analyst for the state of Louisville.com. Grant, a lot of stuff to like about Jeff Brom's offensive schemes, as we've seen over the years at WKU, at Purdue, so on and so forth. Now it seems like he has potentially a skill group. I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but all in all, personnel-wise, this might be the best offense that he's worked with. 
I think we're we're definitely in the conversation. Right. On paper, we absolutely have talent to make it work. I think one of the most underrated storylines and and components that is going to make a huge difference for this offense is that this is one of the deepest offensive line groups we have had at Louisville in possibly the last 10 years. Because I'm not just talking about front end, five guys starting. With the work that they've done, both in the, the 2023 recruiting class and the talent they were able to bring in through the transfer portal, you've got guys who should be starting and would be starting at other ACC programs as our sixth, seventh offensive lineman. Uh, I, I feel really confident and I feel really comfortable with the place of where offensive line's at. I think that it's going to be you know, a really strong point of, of the offense it's gonna really help with the with the run game but getting that pass protection we saw what jack Plummer did last year at cal uh, with an awful offensive line i mean that was their their largest struggle and he still threw uh, over three thousand yards and 30 touchdowns and that's with sure on paper worse receivers and not on paper a worse offensive line now he was under constant duress you know he's he's experienced he's experienced with the offense so i think giving Plummer more time more confidence back there in the pocket i think the offensive line is going to be the key to this explosive offense i like that i think that that's true and and that's sort of uh what bobby 2.0 forgot to uh address is that we had a great skill positions at a generational once in a lifetime quarterback but our offensive line is like we're good. We're good. No disrespect to the Louisville offensive lineman that played during that time, of course. Right. But I'm interested because I think that this offense is going to be one that if all goes right, and that is an if, with the places or with the pieces that they have in place, Jamari Thrash has gotten a lot of national hype. Um, Kevin Coleman Jr. is a guy who's very highly rated. Some solid guys on this offense throughout I could see Louisville being this explosive offense that non-Cardinals fans sort of tune into. It's like Louisville's one of those teams not necessarily on the level of this school, but like a TCU that you just kind of watch because they're fun as hell to watch. Now, granted, well, hopefully we could see that success level that TCU saw, but I could see somebody saying, damn, this team's fun to watch. Let's watch them. And I think that maybe the national media sorts to gravitate a little bit towards that. I think that's an excellent point to to try to work towards or something that is attainable to hope for. I would love to have an offense on the caliber of TCU. Uh, I would love to have a wide receiver like Quentin Johnston. Uh, Shout out to uh, our guy, Quentin Johnston, dude. Go Chargers Bolt. legend. Go yeah, Bolt. Chargers already legend, a legend, dude. But, but continue. That's a story for a different day. We'll have a Chargers yes. podcast one day and piss everybody <laughs> off. But – you're, you're, I think the TCU comparison, just in terms of, of hype, could be a fun one to monitor. If it plays out like it could on paper, considering the pieces that we have, considering the depth at offensive line, considering the playmakers, I think that if we don't get there in year one, I think that when we're talking about year two, year three, year four, of the Brahm offense, I think we could absolutely start to get to that point of almost must-see TV in terms of ACC offense. 
I, I agree there. And I think that it it's definitely a, a solid talking point. I do wonder because Brom's offense has gotten coined. It's almost like people expect Jeff Brom to run an air raid offense. And it seems like Louisville fans are, some Louisville fans are starting to think that pump the brakes because I think that the attention to recruiting the running back position, you know, the group that they have now, the commitment to the run last year for Purdue, I think we're going to run the ball more than people think. I don't think it's going to be a Satterfield offense to where you're under contract to run the ball up the middle, either on first down or second and long. But, I mean, I do believe that Louisville is going to be in a position where we're going to be more balanced than you think offensively. Do you get those same vibes? Am I just kind of shouting into the dark here or – no, I I think that you're you're right, and he himself has has tried to taper that expectation for Cardinal fans because he's heard the air raid offense rumors, and I wish I had the exact interview in front of me so I could quote it. But he had said something to the effect that he doesn't consider it an air raid offense. Uh, we have the returning back. Yeah, exactly. It's a Bobby Petrino less radical Bobby Petrino offense. Right. Um, and one one little reading the tea leaves thing that leads me to believe that we're going to have a more balanced offense or at least it's believed that we will be more internally is, you know, we just got the uh, the four star running back commitment when Mr. Duke um, four star running backs don't come to teams that they're not going to get the ball, you know, Players of high cal- high caliber backs go to offense. And they don't join a class with another highly rated four star running back commit if exactly. they're not going to run the ball. Now, granted, does it matter as much? Because I feel like when I watched Purdue last year, which I watched a decent amount, I mean, Purdue was a fun team. They played extremely hard. Um, it seemed like even when they weren't running the ball all the time, the extension of the play. It's like the the getting the running back out in space and hitting them on the slant out in the flat or halfback screen. It seemed like there was more attention to that, and that kind of skews the, the overall maybe deviation between the 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 percentages of run and pass play. But I think that you know that's an aspect that Louisville fans need to be ready for as well is that it it hasn't necessarily been talked about a lot over the past couple years, but utilizing running backs out of the backfield as receivers. Absolutely. That was not something that the Satterfield offense believed in. Uh, I would have loved to have seen, um, I would, I would have loved to have seen Jawar Jordan being able to get the ball in, in the past game more often. A guy like Hassan Hall, Whenever he touched the ball in the past game, aside from a few frustrating drops, I mean, he was able to make great things happen, but the opportunities were, were so limited. As well. That's what I was about to say. Somebody with that kind of breakaway speed and ability in space, why would we not be using JV and Hawkins more often in the in the past game, in the screen right. game? So I look forward to to using you know, backs more in, in the receiving game. And I think that's why Brom has focused on creating a stable of running backs of guys who can do that. You know, guys who have uh, different skill sets can fill different roles. I think Maurice Turner is going to be 
I, I wouldn't be shocked to see Maurice Turner fill more of a receiving role mm-hmm. than he does a, a rushing role. And I think he would do really well in that kind of environment. Kind of like a yeah. Darren Sproles role, smaller running back, but so very deadly in the receiving game. Right. And he played both in high school. Yeah. Uh, he, he was primarily right. a wide receiver. He's got those kind of skills. And we even get to see that some in, in the Satterfield offense. Um, there's one passing touchdown that I can remember where they, they brought him out of the backfield and he cut back inside, made a great catch and, and scored off of it or got really close to mm-hmm. scoring off of it. Where I'm like, this guy absolutely he, has he that kind of it. talent. And I definitely agree. You can't take away from, you know, Jawar Jordan as well. He's got that kind of open field ability. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing that, that passing game start to get the backs more involved. You know, this is an offense with weapons who can get involved in the passing game at so many levels. You've got all all three wide receiver spots. You've got impact guys. If Jamari Johnson ends up getting the call and he gets significant playing time, you've got a guy who's already a, a really great receiver at the position. And you've got a deep running back room of guys who have proven pass-catching ability. I think it's going to be fun to see how these pieces are used. Cause this is an offense where you don't have to worry about a position group, not being able to get the ball or not being able sure. to use a certain position group in the past game. You know, everybody mm-hmm. has at least one guy who's a legit threat or every group has at least one guy who's a legit threat. So I agree I there. Fun. One thing we can't do grant is act like this team is all offense, no defense. Right. And I think that, you know, Jeff Brom's teams are, I mean, they're not Charlie strong level defensive teams, but there's the personnel on the team suggests that it's going to be a respectable defense. And I'm ready to talk about that here in the next segment. Before we do that, Houston Rockets have been bad for quite some time. NBA draft is upon us. This is what my fandom consists of. Can't sleep till Thursday, but what I will tell you to do is check out Locked On NBA Mock Draft Special. It's bigger than ever. You can get them on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Six-episode ultimate mock draft experience. Only Locked On can deliver Locked On NBA Mock Draft Special. Grant Mulligan, final segment of the show, discussing the Cardinals' defense, what this defense kind of needs to do to get to that top 25 level. I think the offense is going to put up a ton of points but we've seen, you know, great Louisville offense team still struggles because they can't stop the other offense and it just gets into a shootout. We've seen that probably more so than we would like to see over the past five, maybe 10 years or so. What's kind of your take on Louisville's defense in 2023? I think personally for me, it's just it's going to be respectable. Um, it's not going to be top in the ACC, but it's going to be one of those that forces turnovers. It's got some young standouts that the defense is probably going to get better as the season goes along. I think you're right, and I think this defense has guys. I think this this defense has a plethora of guys who are not only guys who are, are starting caliber, but who are draftable. I mean, they went out and sure. got guys like Storm Duck, who had already had draft type before he had entered the transfer portal. You know, you got mm-hmm. guys like um, you know, young kid. Stan Quan Clark, who's already making noise, who I think is going to be our, our best freshman. Losing KJ Cloyd um, was a bit disappointing considering we're already a little thin. They they looked better than I had expected them to in the spring game. I think I'm I'm really, I'm really starting to hop on the Stan Quan freshman oh, yeah. all ACC 
freshman All-American. That's lofty, but anyways. At inside linebacker, I think he's going to be a stud. But we got a deep defensive line. We've got a deep secondary. And even though we don't have maybe the the All-American top-end guys, we have guys who can play, and we can withstand. We can afford to withstand injuries because we've got sure. – such a deep secondary or we've got such a deep defensive line mm-hmm. and what makes that even scarier is that if we can make it towards the end of the season healthy you know, our guys are still going to be fresh because you got guys who you can rotate in rotate out where you're right we may not be the top defense in the acc but we're but you're deep doing deep. enough yes. to win games and, and you're going to that... be able to do it consistently because when you've got depth like that you have you can win attrition battles more, right? You can get to the end of the season, your defense isn't gassed, or you have guys who can keep the other guy's legs fresh. I think that it's it might not be what wins this games, but it might. And it, I sure don't think it's – I don't think we're going to be losing games because of defense, in my opinion. Very quickly, Grant, before we get out of here, prediction time. Who has the most sacks on the team at the end of the season? Who has the most interceptions? I'm going to go. I'm going to start. Hmm. Behind Ashton Gelati. I think, okay, Gelati is, would be. Behind Ashton. Heron's a, an easy her? okay. choice. Yeah. But mm, my heart wants to tell me. That Popeye Williams. I knew you were about to say it. I know you Popeye Williams is going to come in on a rotational role and make a huge impact. I think he's going to earn. He has the possibility to be a starter by the end of the season. I think he's going to be. You bring him out there on third and long type situation. You get him on the edge. (laughs) Yes, I'm hyped for that. I I think he's going to be deadly. I think year two in this system. This system fits him better. I think him and Leo. I'm excited. I'm excited for Popeye and our interception leader. I will buy you lunch. You have it here on June 19th. I will buy you lunch if you correctly tell me who's going to be the interceptions leader because you can throw a dart at a wall. Yes, you can. And maybe not get close. MJ Griffin. Okay. That's, that's I, I respect pick. it. I think it's between him, Quincy Riley. Um, Storm Duck is one. I think Jarvis Brownlee's another guy who potentially could be in that you know, spot. Um, and who knows? Maybe a guy like Cam Kelly. He's a guy maybe. who's been known for intercepting passes. So, but we will see. But nonetheless, that is going to wrap up this Monday edition of the Locked On the Louisville podcast. Happy Juneteenth, everyone. Have a great day. We'll see you right back here very soon. Forgot to throw that up. That's where you can find us.